cracking, though. Let's, let's, let's get crack a lacking and, and, and on the attacking. Stupid cat disappeared, one. Oh, no. Oh, We're gonna. No. Oh, he'll come back. <sighs> he'll come back, just not on my timetable. Of course not. That's, that's usually what how a, it goes. What a jag. What a jag, indeed. Oh, goodness. Indeed. Speaking of jags, welcome to the Afford Fair podcast, episode 479. Hey, guys. I'm walking around outside searching for a cat. Not one uh, of the outside cats, an inside cat. Because, yes, we have all kinds of cats now. All of them. All My wife's of them. a little you're weird of, about cats. You're one of those people now. Yeah, people they are. Oh, goodness. We really, really are. Welcome, everyone. I am Edward Green, joined as always <laughs> after an international break by my calling crime, Wes Bradshaw. And we have a great episode for you today. Uh, we're going to be talking about the latest in the Premier League, uh, week nine. I want, is it week nine? I want to say. Let me. Was it week nine? Oh, it was. Well, week Ed, nine. You're, yes. Ed, Ed, you're trying to turn this into an NFL style thing. It's match day. Yeah, match, match week nine. Excuse me, match week nine. <laughs> match That's week nine is in the books. And uh, and we we had some good we had some good results this week, so we're going to be going over those. Uh, of course, it was also uh, the halfway point of the Champions League group stage. We've reached that um, for the last time. We have reached the halfway point of the Champions League group stage because again, next year <laughs> we get to do Swiss. And as someone who is currently going through a Swiss tournament right now, let me just say, oh boy. <laughs> Oh, oh, oh boy! It's uh. Are you saying? Are you saying that I can poke holes in it? Oh, uh, it's it's get it, it's, get it, get it because it's, it's Swiss. It's, uh, the the lactose intolerant will not enjoy it. Let me just put it that way. Um. So we will we will talk about the Champions League. We have some uh we have some news and notes to get through as well, and then we'll pimp the athletic. Do the watch for and call it a podcast. Um, so let's jump right into the week that was in the Premier League. Uh, Lutton gets a big point, a huge point as they try to stay up this Premier League season. I know we're still a little less than 30 matches left to go, uh, but still teams like Lutton are already thinking about it. And they got a big point against fellow relegation candidate Nottingham Forest. Uh, a 2-2 draw with Adebayo scoring at the death in the 92nd minute. Uh, both goals for Lutton coming in those final 10 minutes. Very, very big for them. And two massively drop points for Forrest. Uh, again, both these teams trying to make their way to the Premier League. Forrest a little bit higher, but still they, they could have used those, those two extra points. And hopefully they don't, they don't rue, rue that, uh, that chance to get those points as we go on through the year uh elsewhere we had chelsea two, arsenal two. um dare i say maybe chelsea is starting to figure some things out i don't think they figured it all out yet but they're starting to figure out a few things and that could make them very dangerous what is also apparently very dangerous is also both goalkeepers in this match and not in the good way uh in the sort of heart attack for your own side producing way um both both Rea and Sanchez with some major gaps in this one uh though it still was a very entertaining for the neutrals 2-2 draw as Chelsea scored both of their goals early in the first 50 minutes uh to take the 2-0 lead and then Arsenal through Rice and Trossard scoring in the final 15 to get the point um 
We also had Sheffield United 1, Manchester United 2. Uh, Scott McTominay putting his hat in the ring for the golden boot this year. He scores again uh, because apparently that's that's just what Scott McTominay does now. Uh, but it was Diego Delote with his goal in the 77th minute that eventually gave Manchester United the victory to cancel out uh, Oliver McBurney's penalty in the 34th minute for Sheffield. Um, Aston Villa 4, West Ham 1. Um, Aston Villa is definitely now a team that I think a lot of people are going to start taking even more seriously. Like, I think we were already pretty high on them, but I think they, mm -hmm. they are really starting to put something together here under Unai Emery here at Villa Park. Um, what's going to be interesting is, of course, they are in the, uh, the Europa Conference League. So we'll see mm -hmm. if that ever catches up to them at some point. But as of right now, they are still doing very, very well this season. Uh, Louise with the brace, uh, Watkins and Bailey adding goals in the final 15 to seal it for Aston Villa. Just a comprehensive performance against West Ham. Uh, speaking of comprehensive performances, um, hey, they, they scored when it mattered in those final 15 minutes. Well, I guess 20 five once we start getting into the the extendo extra time that people are loving now in the premier league liverpool to everton nil uh big win uh at anfield for liverpool as is customary now against everton we're not going to talk about the kanate situation no don't worry about that no it's okay this time it's okay everybody it's fine maybe you should have gotten a second yell that's fine them bitches owed us it's fine <laughs> Oh, I'll say them bitches out us. Uh, but Liverpool do get the big two points. Definitely not the worst news Everton might be getting this week, though. We'll get to that a little bit later. <laughs> um, Bournemouth one, Wolves two. I swear, Wolves are... I, I, I think Wolves are trying to stay up. I really do think they're trying to stay up. They're giving it an honest effort, and that's about all you can ask from them. Uh, Wolves have been playing very well this season. Again, these are another three points they have to have against a side like Bournemouth. Um, so great job by then. And Bournemouth really, really struggling uh, so far this season. Got to think how long Iriola, uh maybe has left under Bournemouth here if they don't, if they don't turn things around quickly. Uh, Brentford 3, Burnley nil. Big, big win for Brentford as they continue their strong start to another season. Uh, and just starting to look like, you know, these sort of Premier League stalwarts. Maybe they never, you know, strictly ch uh, challenge for a title or a Champions League spot. But they're, they're going to be hovering in that, like, 8 to 12 range, maybe for a couple years going now. So uh, Brentford, another good win uh, at home against Burnley. Uh, City with a bit bit of a late scare as they did allow a, a late goal to Ansu Fati of Brighton to make it 2-1 uh, after a couple early goals from Alvarez and the, the Terminator. Um, but really, after that, they, they were able to see things out pretty well. City do pick up the three points with the 2-1 win at the Etihad. Uh, rounding out the week, uh, Newcastle 4, Crystal Palace nil, a big win for Newcastle. Uh, that unfortunately, as we'll get to a little bit later, weren't able to quite see through into the midweek. Uh, but Newcastle really uh, riding the ship after a bit of a slow start. They're now firmly <laughs> entrenched in that uh, run uh, to another European place again this season. And then finally, on Monday Night Football, Tottenham 2, Fulham nil. Maybe not the second half Ainge Postacoglu wanted to see from his team, but still a very, very good uh, win for Tottenham. Uh, Vicario coming up big again with a couple of big saves for the team and young men's son speaking of people throwing their hat in the ring for the golden boot oh. this year uh, just continuing to deliver 
uh, as I saw somebody put, play it uh, or somebody say in, in uh, I think on Twitter, uh, you know, we, we've seen for years how Sun could do as Robin. Now we're starting to see how he can do as Batman and uh, looking pretty good. It's it, early returns are pretty good on this. Uh, James Madison also with another goal for Tottenham. And uh, and yeah, this team, uh, while the these substitutes left something to be desired, as they saw at the match against Fulham, still a good win for Spurs and a London Derby. Um, so that was the week that was, Wes. Uh, what caught your attention as we, we finished up match week nine here? Um, I mean, we know which match I was most interested in, mm-hmm. but I guess really the one I should talk about first, just because it was probably the most impactful match of the weekend, I would say. Um, <clears throat> Arsenal showed some stone. Mm-hmm. Pulled themselves up by the bootstraps. Came from 2-0 down to get that big draw against Chelsea. Um, You made the comment earlier, maybe Chelsea's starting to figure something out. I mean, this is kind of what we figured would happen with Chelsea. We know they have a legitimate manager. Yes. Um, Pochettino's good. Uh, I, I think, you know, maybe nowadays... Um, I think Pochettino's star has dimmed just a little bit because really outside of Tottenham, yeah, it's kind of like, well, what the fuck have you done outside of Tottenham, dude? <laughs> but um, with the way that squad is put together that he's dealing with at Chelsea right now, uh, I think he's he's showing that he is a, a top manager. Um, just being able to get things put together and um, finding some level of success with them. Uh, Chelsea, if they can keep up what they're doing, they could challenge for maybe one of the lower European spots. I, I still don't. I think they, A, they dug themselves too big a hole, and B, I just don't think they're still as good as maybe your top five or six teams in the league right now. Absolutely, yeah. But they do have a good manager and it's not like they're bereft of talent by any means. So Chelsea's going to be that Chelsea could develop into that team this year that, well, if they can take care of some of the business they're supposed to take care of boy, you know, whenever they're playing, maybe one of those six teams that are, you know, quote better than them, man, those guys still better watch out because Chelsea can come up and catch you. Mm -hmm. Um, but yeah, really, I think the big part. I, th- I think it's it's Arsenal. There's Arsenal. They're off to. I guess you would say they're off to a good start on the season. But Arsenal just don't seem completely right. It's like they're having to put together some things. They're having to work um, work some things out. Uh, you know, they've got Declan Rice, who is a really good player and is doing a really good job for them. But I think the goalkeeper situation isn't settled. I don't know. I honestly don't know what the fascination over David Raya is. Yeah. Um, I thought, I mean, it's one of those, well, you know, he's, he's good. He's better with his feet. Okay. But, you know, the problem is he's not that great of a goalkeeper. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you know, you could have the argument. You know, um, 
whoever the Brazil manager is right now, you know, I guess he can have that argument when he's like, well, I've got Allison and I've got Ederson. Well, you know, Ederson's better with his feet. It's like, uh, okay. I mean, you can't really fuck that up too bad. Mm-hmm. Uh, even though as Venezuela, I think they were more than happy to see Ederson over Allison. <laughs> But anyway, uh, you know, there, yeah, you know, you can have that discussion. I mean, Aaron Ramsdale was one of the best keepers in the Premier League a season ago. The guy's making a claim to be the England number one, which honestly, I still can't figure out how the hell, um, you know, uh, little, little, little man is still the England number one over Aaron Ramsdale. Um, but you know, they bring in Raya and that's, you know, that's the guy they want to play. And it just, it's a little bizarre to me that you would mess with something that much. But other than that, I mean, this Arsenal team, man, they're strong. They're Mm -hmm. strong. And, um, God, the defender at the back, I, I, I just totally lost his name, but that kid's just having a hell of a season. Um, it's center back for them and uh, Arsenal or yeah. Uh, were you talking about Saliba? Yes. That's exactly what I'm talking about Saliba. Um, but I think Arsenal are strong. There's just something they're going to have to figure out as, as they go forward. But, um, I, I was impressed that they were at least able to come back and get that draw. Mm-hmm. So yeah, and I mean that we, was seen, that was magically. Yeah, we we've seen uh, Arsenal have these strong starts. We saw it last year; they had a very strong start this season. Um, right. It it is still you know going to be the question of can they can continue it into you know March, April, May? Uh, how will Champions League affect them if if they continue on through that tournament, which they very well could. Um, and then yeah, I, I think they they really need to figure out this keeper situation. Like, I wouldn't be shocked if Ramsdale's like in January, like, hey, guys, if you all really are settled on Raya, can can I just get out of here and start going playing actual matches again? And that could yeah. that could that's not something you want to let linger. Not that I think Ramsdale is going to be like a clubhouse <laughs> cancer or anything, but I, I don't think you want in January, February and on still to not be fully settled in who your number one keeper is and have what are essentially two number ones on your roster as, as good as that sounds. I, it could be a detriment down the line. Well, well yeah, because especially if, if Raya, um, isn't the guy, that guy, if he's not mm-hmm. him as, as the kids say, if he's <laughs> not him, um, then especially if they, if they start dropping points because of it, then you've got guys in the locker room. You, you're going to have some guys who are say team Ramsdale and they're going to be questioning, why are we still playing this guy? Da, 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 da. And, you know, you could really blow something up. Um, you know, it's always nice to have the, the top, I guess backup goalkeeper, even though they keep saying, well, no one's really our starter. We just rotate them. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's as the, the great, the great Steve Spurrier used to say, if you've got two quarterbacks, you don't have a quarterback. Mm-hmm. Yep. And, you know, goalkeeper is just, it's that position. 
it is kind of the quarterback style position on that team where, you know, it's just one guy. It's not, well, man, you know, I can rotate wingers and strikers and midfielders and defenders. I can rotate all these. You don't rotate your keeper like that. And as this season goes along, if you're in Europe, uh, if you're trying to make a run at the Premier League, you're going to want to find that one guy who is your go-to guy. And that's the one who needs to be playing the matches for you. Mm-hmm. I look forward to it all blowing up in Arsenal's face for being just stupid about this. Yeah, they, they are they are at risk of getting a little too cute with this, um, which yeah. I, I think is honestly... You know, we've talked about it a lot with Pep, and man, if if there's one thing Ow. it seems like maybe Arteta learned from oh, Pep, yeah. it's maybe it's the idea of maybe getting a little too cute sometimes. Um, so well, I, yeah, I, let, I can let me let me let me overthink this. Let me overthink this. Why just for the hell of it? <laughs> mm-hmm. Well, why not overthink it? Because it's just more fun. Exactly. Be controversial. Um. Uh, moving on, shit. Let's hit the derby because um, fuck yeah, let's hit the derby, bro. Two um, 0 Liverpool, two Mo Salah goals. Mo Salah has this like wonderful talent. Now, now, a Mo Salah's by far still one of the tip top players of the Premier League. There's no doubt mm-hmm. that. Mo Salah kind of has this little thing about him where he can have a, a not good match. And then you look at it, you're like, God damn, he still scored two goals somehow. What the <laughs> hell? No, he still had a brace. He, I thought he sucked today. It's like, well, I mean, he wasn't great by any means on the day. He was actually a little poor at times. And at the end of the day, he ends up with a brace because, you know, he's Mohamed Salah. And it's just what the hell he does. Uh, Arsenal, God, uh, Ashley Young, who I didn't even realize was still in the Premier League. <laughs> but of course he is. Yeah. Well, well, especially when you play for, um, especially when you play for Everton, because <laughs> yeah. sometimes, sometimes it can be argued. Are you actually in the Premier League? But, <laughs> well, um, we'll get to that later. <laughs> yeah, exactly. And sometimes that argument might be a real, legitimate argument. So, uh, <laughs> some, some, like you said, we'll talk about that a little later. Um, Everton never showed any real desire in going forward. And then once Ashley Young was gone, there went the desire to get forward. Um, Michael Keane showing his innate talent of being able to handle pretty much any ball that comes in with his hand. Um, he's, he's really top flight at that. If Michael Keane, if he's not great at anything else, he is great at performing the handball. Really, really special player when it comes to that. But, yeah, I mean, on the day, Liverpool, they, they come back. They play there. I believe it was, was it 13th or 16th time that they played the uh, noon match coming back from an international break? <laughs> and, 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 I mean, let's, let's just be real here. Because don't forget, on the next international break, they come back and play the noon match. That's already been announced. I mean, at this point, we can agree that the Premier League, that, that basically the league is just trolling them at this point, right? <laughs> this is this is trolling Jurgen Klopp. It's the problem with being popular. It's a popular spot to be in. 
the set the next team that's played the most has been your Tottenham Hotspur. They've uh, they've done it six times. Liverpool have done it sixteen. <laughs> so yeah, this is some bullshit. But anyway, um, maybe Liverpool have figured it out. They've gotten wins in the last two times they've had to do this. Um, and when you when you win the Derby, it's always I mean it's always a good day to win the Derby. It's always a good day to. Just put your foot on Everton's neck and just kind of twist a little bit. <laughs> They've won at Anfield once since, well, since the turn of the century, and that was with no fans in the stands. So if you ask me, it didn't really count that much. <laughs> so because if there are people in the stands, Everton are going to piss down their leg. Anyway, that's what I got for that one. Uh, those are the two matches that really stuck out to me this weekend. Uh, Tottenham on Monday night. Certainly weren't great, but boy, whatever whatever Ange did at halftime worked, and they got another win, and they currently sit top of the league. Yeah, I think I think my favorite um my favorite trend on all the Spurs like Twitter accounts and uh, like Reddit is is the new trend of everybody going it it, it won't happen. But what if? I mean, it, it's, it's obviously not going to happen. No. But, I mean, could you imagine? Like, but, but yeah, I mean, sure, surely it's, it's, it's not going to happen. No, absolutely But it, But if it did, though. But you know if it did. But if it did. It's, it's so funny to see, like, everybody is, like, trying not to get too excited. Just like, eh, things are going good right now. It's. Give it a couple months and then maybe we can get excited. But I again, I'm just this this team is playing overall such good football and the vibes are so good. I'm I'm just this is obviously the point soul is great, but this is exactly what I want to see coming into the season just from a from a a player effort standpoint. I, I don't know if that's the right way to say it. Um more more like a player um play style standpoint. Like Tottenham is right. playing good football. Right. They're playing solid football. They've been defensively solid for the most part. Uh, they've been aggressive. Both goals against uh, Fulham. It's it's scary how alike both the goals were. Um, it coming for directly off a high press uh, and a missed pass from Fulham. Um, it's just it's good to see. So I don't I don't know how long this top of the table run is going to last, but I'm just enjoying it while it does, and I feel already really good about Postacoglu and what he's instilling in this team. And I liked it after the match. He was like, you know, that second half, I didn't really like a lot of what we did. And it's like, but you just won two nil. It's like, and like the best part was like, he wasn't a dick about it. He didn't, right. he didn't start throwing people under the bus like Josie and Conte. He's just like, yeah, I, did. I thought we were just kind of wasteful in the second half. And you know, and we just we have to correct that. And I, I'm going to call it like I see it. But, you know, first half was great and we need we need more of that. And I'm like, yeah, you're exactly right. And it, it's good that he's he doesn't seem to be like happy to be here. Like, I'm sure he's happy to be there, but he doesn't seem like he's happy there. He seems like he's there to do a job and he's still not satisfied with where this team is. And to me, that's actually a really good sign. So. Hope it continues for bigger and better things, but I'm, I'm, this is beyond my wildest dreams 
how well he is acclimated to Tottenham and how well Tottenham is acclimated to him. It's it's been nothing short of fantastic. Well, it's it's awesome. I mean, here we are. We're late in October. And, you know, multiple teams are up there. Liverpool fans are excited. Tottenham fans are excited. Arsenal fans are excited. Um, I mean, we just haven't hit that point yet where City are going to win yeah. like 18 straight and right. win the league by and, – and win the league by seven points. I mean, we know that's coming. Mm-hmm. But, man, until that time hits, it's, it's, it's really fun right now because it's just like – People have some hope and, you know, city haven't decided to just put their stranglehold on the entire league quite yet. Mm -hmm. Um, Once again, we know it's coming, but I mean, it's just, it's cool at this time of year. And, and, you know, we mentioned earlier before, but it's like Liverpool kind of seemed to carry that torch for quite a long time where it was like, well, you know, if anybody can stop, if anybody can stop mm-hmm. City, it's got to be Liverpool. It's got to be Liverpool. Well, this year it's like, well, no, I mean, Tottenham's there and Arsenal's there and Liverpool are there. That's mm-hmm. cool. But it's like, man, it's it's fun when it's, you know, I remember when we started watching the Premier League, especially, it was always, what's well, the big four? And you never knew how that four was going to finish. Yep. Mm-hmm. It could be United. It could be Chelsea. It could be. Well, you knew it wasn't going to be Arsenal. You knew it wasn't probably going to be <laughs> Liverpool. But, you know, I mean, there, it was always like, man, at least things are kind of up in the air. Um, but recently it's just been so heavily towards City that it's kind of like you said, but what if? Well, but what if somebody else could actually win the fucking league? Boy, that'd so, be fun, wouldn't it? I, I, I don't mean this to, like, like bring up the bad memories, but I, I feel mm-hmm. like the last time we had like an actual more than two team race. If we even got the two team race in the premier league was the mm-hmm. Gerard slip year. Right. Cause it was Chelsea right. and uh, uh, Liverpool and city were like all there in the final month. And all of them like had a chance. I think Chelsea kind of trailed off first, but right. still like going into the final month, it really could have been any of them that took home the title. And I, I, I kind of hope that maybe that's about what we're heading for again. I don't again, I don't know if Tottenham can play like this for 38 matches. Arsenal has to slay their demons and Liverpool has to make sure that they keep going. But if those things happen, that can be really exciting. I mean, it just it it just be great to not be over in April. Yeah. You know, and just have it basically put to bed already. Right. I'm I'm sick of that shit. I mean, don't get me started on the 115 charges brought up against City, but whatever. <laughs> I mean, that even apparently to extent, like last year, even though Liverpool got it close <laughs> into the last week, it never, it never truly felt like Liverpool were going to overtake them. Once, once City right. got on their run, like it's just like, no, that's that's pretty much it. Um, so yeah, it, the moment that happens, it's going to be bad. But, you know, maybe this is the year it doesn't happen. And and we actually oh. get a three or four team race. And your your optimism, your optimism is giving me optimism. I think well, I'm going to go with I'm going to go with it. I'm going to go okay. with it. Oh, uh, I 
I gave I gave optimism to West Positive Bradshaw. There you go, bro. Oh, my goodness. Look at you. England are going to win the Euros. Wait, what? Shut up. Oh, 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 oh now. Uh, they look really good against Italy. Um, oh, yeah. They yeah. Did. There you go. Um, so, yeah, that's that's your match of the week talk. Again, we, I hope that this can continue for, for all these teams and that we can have a really, really close race towards the end of the season. Um, as the table stands right now, Tottenham are at the top alone for the first time. Uh, they are at 23 points. City and Arsenal both at 21. And then Liverpool right there with 20. Quietly, I, I mentioned them earlier. Aston Villa right now at 19. They they are oh, there. Yeah. I, I do... I do expect at some point Europe to start knocking them down a peg, especially because we know Unai Emery is like the lower tier European tournament god. Like I, I expect them to actually go really far in the Conference League, but so we'll see if that kind of affects their their uh, their Premier League run. But as of right now, they're looking looking very good, and then Newcastle and Brighton right there in the six seven spots with sixteen points apiece at the bottom of your heart. The relegation <laughs> zone. It is uh, Lutton right now sitting just outside of it uh, at five points. Again, that's how big that point was that they got against um, against Forrest earlier. Uh, Burnley right now at four, Bournemouth at three, and Sheffield United, excuse me, still at one point. Um, so that's your look at the table. Um, your upcoming schedule, uh, Tottenham play the Monday match. They'll be playing the Friday match as well. 3 p.m. they'll be heading to Crystal Palace to take on the Eagles. Uh, uh, 7.30 a.m. on Saturday, get Chelsea versus Brentford. Uh, 10 a.m., Bournemouth versus Burnley and Arsenal versus Sheffield United. 12.30 p.m., Wolves versus Newcastle. We'll see if Wolves can maybe keep up and, and, and get a big team this time uh, after they almost beat United in the first week of the season. We're still not we're still not quite over that one yet. Um, on uh, Sunday at 9 a.m., West Ham versus Everton. Maybe one of the last times. Uh, at 10 a.m., it's Aston Villa versus Lutton, Brighton versus Fulham, and Liverpool versus Forest. Then 11:30, it's our first Manchester derby of the season as United hosts City. So that is the week coming up here. As we take a look now at the Champions League group stage, um, some interesting things starting to shake out here. We're starting to get already, I think, some clarity in quite a few of these groups, um, but some of them. Some of them are getting a little, a little, a little dicey, and, and it's and it's good to see. Um, over in Group A, uh, Bayern routed Galatasaray three one, um, and then Manchester United beat uh, Copenhagen one nil. Harry Maguire, sure, that's United. Normal strikers can't score anymore, so it's just McTominay and Maguire scoring for United now, I guess. Uh, but that was a very important three points. It does keep them in the running uh, for second place. Obviously, they're not going to chase down Byron, it seems, but staying just now one point back of Galatasaray as we head into uh, the, the second round Robin here. Uh, Arsenal with the big 2-1 win over Sevilla. That's important. That sees them go to the top of the group. And Lenz draws Eindhoven to stay in second place. Uh, Sevilla and Eindhoven both three points back of Lenz for second right now. Uh, Real Madrid, 2-1 winners over uh, Braga. Uh, Bellingham with the eventual... Uh, winner in the 61st uh, but i do believe he was uh injured in that match i don't remember the severity of it i don't think it was very severe but i do believe he he got hurt in that one uh but real madrid do uh sit at nine points and napoli uh with a 1-0 win over union berlin takes second um group d 
Inter with a 2-1 win over Salzburg, and Real Sociedad quietly starting to have a good season. Uh, 1-0 winners over Benfica. Uh, Sociedad and Inter Milan uh, tied atop the table with seven points. Salzburg at three, and Benfica all the way back. Still have yet to get a point. Uh, Group E, this is one of the ones that, for a while, this group was going to look very, very close going into the second half. Uh, Atletico Madrid was able to grind out a point against Celtic, coming back down a goal twice in the match to draw 2-2. Feyenoord beat Lazio 3-1. So Feyenoord is actually atop the group with six points. Atletico's at five, Lazio's at four, and Celtic is one. This is a group definitely to keep your eye on um, because this seems like a very uh, evenly matched group. And so I'm very excited to see uh, who ends up coming out of this. Um, I we expect Atletico to come out, but uh, I mean, they almost uh, lost to Celtic today. Can, can I throw something out about that Celtic Atletico match today? Please go ahead. So I heard this. Um, <clears throat> I think I heard on the Men in Blazes. Uh, so apparently, it was sometime back in like the 1960s, right? Uh, mm-hmm. When Celtic were were really good, mm-hmm. um, they were playing in the European Cup semifinal against Atletico, and apparently, like the ghost of Diego Simeone has been around uh, Atletico for a long time, <laughs> and uh, <clears throat> and apparently they pulled some dark arts and did some bullshit and and eliminated Celtic. So today, this was like their first trip back to Glasgow since that fateful night or whatever. And apparently, uh, Atletico decided that they were going to wear a throwback kit from that was like the exact kit that they wore that night against Celtic. (laughs) Apparently, that Celtic fan's like just fired up as hell, man. They were, they were, motherfuckers. Oh my god. So uh yeah, I mean it's just uh it's just magnificent. The the bullshit is just great sometimes. Yeah. Um you know, we, we, we love a bit of shit or a bit of shithousery and really no one does it better <laughs> than Atletico Madrid. Yeah. Almost almost a famous win for the for the barrage, but but unfortunately could not fully pull it off but hey it's a big it's a big point for Celtic because that does get their first point of the of the stage uh so if they if they want to get back into at least third place they're gonna need to start uh picking up some points from there uh group f the group of death um was a bit of a death for ac milan today as they lost to psg 3-0 uh they got they got blitzed out of paris and then Dortmund going to England and beating Newcastle 1-0. And again, this is huge for what is a, a very tightly contested group. PSG now on six points, because remember, Newcastle beat them earlier in the round. Uh, but now they're on six. Dortmund and Newcastle are both at four, and AC Milan is at two. Dortmund do own the tiebreaker as of right now against Newcastle. They will, of course, be matching up again in a couple weeks. Uh, this time in in uh, in Dortmund, but that's a, that's a big result there, and uh, we'll have to see how that goes forward. That could have huge ramifications as we get into the latter parts of the group stage. Um, over in Group G, Man City does what Man City does. Uh, Alan with a second half brace, including a penalty, uh, helped them beat those young boys three one. 
and uh, Leipzig mm-hmm. ran all over Red Star 3-1 winners there as well. Uh, so City is at 9, Leipzig at 6, the Young Boys and Red Star both at mm-hmm. 1. Um, so City uh, looks very likely already to go through as we figured. Leipzig currently on a good pace as well. Then finally, Group H, uh, Barcelona continues. Uh, their winning ways as they beat Shakhtar 2-1 with a couple of first half goals from Torres and Lopez. And then Porto destroyed Antwerp 4-1. Evanelson with a hat-trick in this one as they propelled Porto to the three points and up to second place in the table. Uh, that's Barcelona, Porto, Shakhtar, Antwerp, 9-6-3-0, respectively. Um, so, Wes, I, I, I think a lot of these these groups are kind of going about how we expected to, especially at the top in a lot of, of cases. Again, you know, with, you know, Bayern and Real Madrid and Barcelona after their their year in the wilderness from the Champions League. Um, but man, that group FPS with, with uh, Newcastle, you know, planting the flag and beating PSG badly last time we saw them in the Champions League. And then to give up that lead by losing uh, to Newcastle today, uh, that's that's really rough. And that's one of those, you know, when, when you get to the end of the group stage, that might be one you want it back, especially when you had them at home. Yeah, and that group just crazy. I mean, PSG yeah. get the shit out of Milan today, which apparently uh, some people watching Milan said, that, God, they could barely be bothered to even be there. Um, it, it was a brutal group. We knew it was going to be a brutal group. And it's it's playing out as a brutal group. And honestly, I quite appreciate that mm-hmm. because we wanted blood and we're getting blood. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> um, but yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle are sitting right there. They're in a good spot, but man, they kind of hurt themselves today with that one nil loss to Dortmund. Yeah, absolutely. And, you know, I mean, that again, they're going to be having to head to Germany in a couple of weeks to play the, the second leg against Dortmund. And then they're going after that, a couple of weeks after that, they'll, they'll be traveling to Paris to retake on PSG. So the, these next two matches are going to be big. And then uh, and then they end with uh, AC Milan. Um, right. So, yeah, Newcastle, Newcastle really needs to make sure they get at least some points from these next couple of matches here. Before heading into match week six of the Champions League, um, any other any other thoughts on how the uh, the group stage has been going so far? I mean, honestly, it's like you said, most of this looks like it's going to chalk. Mm-hmm. Um, nothing really big, surprising. Uh, Sevilla have not been playing very well, which mm-hmm. that's kind of been an entire thing for them this year. Mm-hmm. Um, but. I mean, really, for Sevilla, what's important is they're in the Europa spot right now. <laughs> and as we know, that's where Sevilla really enjoy being. Mm-hmm. Um, United getting their first win is one they really, really didn't totally deserve. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Onana having to come up and save them from uh, Copenhagen uh, taking taking at least a share of the spoils home with them. Um, yeah, I mean, look at the rest of the group. It's, it's, it's been a pretty, been a pretty open and shut group thus far in the league. Um, mm-hmm. Just 
keep an eye on it, see what happens. And when we get to the knockouts, maybe things will start picking up some. Yeah. And I mean, again, if we, if we do get the chalk, that should make for some very good knockout stage matches. Um, but yeah, as of right now, um, pretty much, pretty much talk. Uh, I do, again, we do want to keep an eye on United right now in third place, uh, point behind Galatasaray who have already beaten United, uh, mm. once in the champions league. And again, Group B is still pretty close. Again, you mentioned Sevilla, who have also, as you mentioned, not been having a very good La Liga season so far. A um, couple points behind Lens and Arsenal, and we'll see if maybe that group tightens up as we go or, or it keeps expanding uh, to where Arsenal and Lens are easily going through. Um, mm-hmm. But again, we'll we'll pick this back up uh, in a couple weeks, so not uh, so in two weeks' time, we'll be back playing more Champions League matches, and then. Uh, and then we'll be going from there into the second round robin. Um, all right, let's hit the news and notes. And we have a, we have a dual sad news and notes, unfortunately, to start off with here. Um, one, uh, the first one, um, this story from the uh, the Athletic, um, the Athletic staff, uh, Sir Bobby Charlton, Manchester United legend, World Cup winner, dies at the age of 86. Uh, so he passed away a couple of days ago, unfortunately. Um, and then just uh, just yesterday, Bill Kenwright of Everton uh, also passed away uh, at the age of 78. Um, he is a little more more of maybe a complicated relationship with Everton. Um, but both uh, West, both very big uh, figures for their respective clubs. Uh, absolutely. Just uh, touch on Bill Kenwright first. Not to say one's more important than the other because that's you know that's just not mm-hmm. fair. But uh, Kenwright never uh, he never led England to a World Cup. So sure. <laughs> sorry, dude. Uh, Bill Kenwright was a, a a really big figure on Merseyside. Um, the 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 thing everybody's saying, boy, that man. He absolutely he breathed Everton Football Club, mm-hmm. um, and he did everything in his power to try to make them great. Um, multiple reasons it didn't happen, but um, you know Bill Kenwright was a great servant to the club, and he was a man who really always was working to try to elevate the club. And um, I think to an extent Everton are going to miss him, even though he hasn't had much of any power recently um but for everton still still a really important person for them and uh you can expect you can expect some sort of a tribute to him coming up on the weekend or the next time they're uh at um goodison sir bobby charlton arguably the greatest englishman to ever play the game um, and, and that is a sentiment shared by a lot of players, coaches, officials, everything over in England. Um, what a career, a 19 year senior career that included the highest of the highs, uh, winning the, uh, European cup, leading England to the 1966 world cup, still their only major tournament trophy they've ever lifted um, to the lowest of lows. And I mean, this was a guy, he was on the plane at the Munich air disaster. Mm-hmm. 
I mean, he was lucky to walk out of that alive. I believe they said he was 19, 20 years old when that happened. And <clears throat> Sir Bobby absolutely uh, will say, hey, he took his second chance at life and he lived the hell out of it, man. Uh, on top of his great play um, as a player, uh, th there was um, there was years of him uh, doing ambassador work for Manchester United, uh, but also he was very active in his community. Um, did a lot of things for people, and Sir Bobby. When you look back at it, I believe he's looked at as one of the not only all-time great players in English football history, but one of the all-time just great men of England football. Uh, great ambassador, um, and a guy who a guy who just he he gave everything uh, for United for England. Um, I believe 86 years old, I believe he was. And uh, I mean, if we can say nothing else, Sir Bobby lived the fullest of lives. Mm -hmm. So um, I believe, uh, I do believe now we are down to one living member of that team. And it is uh, Sir Jeff Hurst is the last one left. So um, man, that the 60, the, the group of 66, the one that, you know, gave England maybe the oversized pride point that they still carry to this day um, <laughs> out of that group. Uh, they are, we, we're down to the last member of that group. So uh, not anything to dwell on, but just something to think about. It's yeah. uh, sad. It's sad, but it's, it's inevitable. Yeah. I mean, I, I think, you know, that's one of the things we've always thought about, you know, cause we've been, we've been especially doing this podcast now for so long. That it seems like every time we've had like one of these stretches, um, I mean, I remember we've done podcasts where like we'd have three major deaths in the span oh, yeah. of the, the week before we do it. It just it's like people you grew up with. And while, you know, neither one of us grew up with Bobby Charlton, um, obviously, you know, Wes, you're a big England fan. And that makes mm -hmm. the the 66 team obviously a huge uh, point, oh, yeah. like touchstone point for you and so yeah, oh, yeah. When, when you do start thinking about now there's only one left and it, and again it's not like you know you you always wish they would last forever but i mean he was 86 and i mean this is this is kind of that point where that generation will start to kind of fade away unfortunately and it just it's one of those things where you start you know, contemplating the passage of time and a bunch of things that can send you down an existential spiral. Um, but yeah, it, it is it is one of those things that makes you really reevaluate, you know, maybe yourself a little bit and just how time is passing and everything. So still very, very sad that uh, Sir Bobby Charlton has passed away and um, along with Bill Kenwright. So. Uh, should be. I, I, I am figuring that is the one thing I would be interested in seeing from United. Uh, you, you've got to figure there's going to be one hell of a um, one hell of a uh, honor mm -hmm. for him uh, on the weekend. Uh, if and they're I do, home, I or whatever. I believe they're they did. I do believe they actually did something for the Champions League match today. Uh, yeah, today I believe today. they did. But um, yeah, yeah. I, I would I would agree. I'm sure they'll do something as well on the uh, well, yeah, because it's uh, uh, yes, they're hosting City, I believe we said. Yes, um, that's right. It's the Derby. Yeah. So. So yeah. 
So there you go. So bit Thanks, of a sad suits. start uh, to uh, to our news and notes segment. Um, and unfortunately, then we do have to transition into still talking about United, but from a different point of view. Uh, this article from Daniel Taylor from a week or so ago, uh, Manchester United's Glazer era malaise summed up by Old Trafford's Euro 2028 omission. Uh, and yes, with uh, with England being, you know, one of the hosts for Euro 2028 uh, and the announcement coming out uh, of what what teams will be hosting um, the, the matches for this tournament. Uh, unfortunately, you know, it, it says in a different article here on The Athletic, following consultation between Manchester United and the FA, it was mutually agreed that Old Trafford should not be included because, as the club announced last year, there is an intention to redevelop the stadium. Um, United, uh, while some may view it as an embarrassment that Old Trafford is not being used, United did not want to commit to being involved, then have to pull out near the time because the stadium was not ready. Um, but I mean, I think, you know, and what the article kind of gets into is, you know, for as important and as big of a club as Manchester United has been, the fact that this hasn't already happened, because, you know, we, we, we saw, it, you know, Arsenal, you know, had to go into like a bit of a, a bit of a pay hole to get to the new Emirates. Uh, we, we know about Tottenham Hotspur and the the lack of the funds that they had in other areas while they were trying to build their new stadium, which again is gorgeous. Um, and we all know about Everton and their struggles to, to, uh, to get their new site off the ground. Um, <laughs> but for a club like Manchester United, when, when one of the things we joke about on this pod is how, you know, especially under the, um, Oh God, I'm blanking on his name. The last, the last, um, uh, Ed Woodward, Ed Woodward, uh, how, oh, how heavy they were into branding and marketing. And we talked about, you know, like signing players based on Instagram followers, whether how, how true that was or not, it, that's, that's what it felt like sometimes. So when you, when you think about, and it's the point, you know, Daniel Taylor makes in the article, when, when you think about how big they are and how much money they have, the fact that it's got to this point is very striking and it again just shows how you know essentially since sir alex ferguson retired how much of a a a aimless shambling club this has kind of been sorry that's i mean i agree that wasn't the most natural transition i know yeah (laughs) um you you can always end it with and fuck you but um, there you go (laughs) <laughs> yeah, totally. Um, no, you're you're absolutely right. It has been it has been just such a strange time over the last decade to fifteen years for United because they're still spending money on the field like they're elite, mm-hmm. but they ain't elite right now. Um. It it has definitely been something to see. It's been a journey. They have gone for a lot of the flavor of the week type players. Um, They have traded away some of their better players. Traded away. Well, you know what I mean. Um, Yeah. Yeah. They. You know. I mean. They. They. They've sold. They've sold some good ones. They've not sold well. It's just been. It's been a shambles of, of a club. 
I've enjoyed every second of it. <laughs> it's been great. Uh, but it's like no one comes in with the same plan, even though you have supposedly the same people running the club. Mm-hmm. It's like when a new manager comes in, it's like, oh, I need my people, so you need to do whatever and get me these. And you know, the, the, the club's just like, okay. And it's like, well, okay, so here's who I want. All right. Well, we will, we will spare no expense at Manchester United. Ugh, we don't want to spend that much. Though. Um, and hey, I'll tell you what, we can get this guy for this price. And yeah, I know you don't really know who he is and you didn't really ask for him. But golly, we'll sell some shirts and the price is good and blah, 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 blah. And man, we're going to win the back pages. And then what has happened at United continues to happen at United. And by God, they just can't figure it out. <laughs> they just, they just can't. But, um, yeah, that's, uh, that's just kind of how it's been around there for them recently. And I don't know. I, I'm not going to say it's automatically going to get better because I can't guarantee that. But uh, yeah. for United, you know, they, they've they got to be hoping at the very least that they're, um, that they're in position to finally improve. Well, and I mean, I think you and I both, essentially since we've been doing this podcast, we've always thought like in the back of our minds, oh, surely at some point, United is going to figure it out and they will come back with a a a terror of of rage and fury and ruin all our lives. And and, and really like yeah they won like uh uh Europa and they won like They won the treble. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they won the treble. Um but they they really just haven't done it so at this point you know, you you mentioned like you f- you don't want to say it. at some point you think they're gonna figure it out because again, I mean we've seen it for almost ten years now. They they, they kind of haven't. So at at a certain point you lose the benefit of the doubt, and and you don't know if that that happy ending is gonna is gonna be around the corner next time or not. And you're right. And what did I tell you um, a few years ago? Man, I'm so glad that they missed on Conte. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, man, I'm I'm worried about Tin Hog. Okay. Um, you, you know, it's just one of those. A United are going to get a name. It's not going to be just some random first team, second team member that you're that you're suddenly uh, l- lamenting on it. But um, yeah, we're we're just. Uh, we're, we're gonna have to see uh, with oh, there's a there's a British billionaire who's getting maybe a like uh, starting off maybe like ten percent of the squad something like that ten percent of the club. Mm-hmm. Yep. He wants to he wants to fully take over and he wants to pump a lot of money into it, but I don't think that's happening anytime soon. But if they can get. You, you just you got to think if they can get the right people making decisions and making good, solid decisions that mm-hmm. is it all just based on 
you know, well, how much money can we make off this? If they could just really chill off of that, United could, by osmosis, get back to where they want to be. It's almost, it's almost one of those things that's like, look, the more you worry about it, like the less good it's going to do you. But as mm-hmm. soon as you kind of mm-hmm. let it go, it, it just comes back to you. That might be United. United just need to stop with these bold proclamations and, oh, this is the new era of Manchester United. No, the new era started the day after Sir Alex retired. Y'all ain't never been right since. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and it, it, it's it's just what it's been. It's just what it's been. Um, yeah, uh, and we'll see what United do and where they go from here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's going to be hell. Hell is what I'm hoping for, but yeah. <laughs> There you go. Uh, and yeah, as you mentioned, with the with the possible uh, like minority stake takeover uh, or minority stake leading into a takeover down the line, if that ends up happening, that could be an interesting development. But again, still long ways to go for that. Right. Um, now let's head over to The Guardian uh, with an article you sent me uh, earlier today mm-hmm. uh, by Sachin Nakarani and Andy Hunter. Uh, Premier League calls for Everton to be hit with 12-point deduction per a report. And I think the interesting thing about this article right off the bat is that I didn't know Wes actually worked for the Premier League. That's amazing. <laughs> actually, <laughs> no, that's not true. Because you know if it was Wes, it would be like a 30-point deduction. So I guess I guess that's, oh. that's fair. <laughs> um, but the Premier League, we are, we are joking, but this is actually you know quite serious, obviously. Uh, mm-hmm. The Premier League has reportedly recommended that Everton should be hit with a 12-point deduction if found guilty of breaching its financial fair play rules. Um, they were referred to the Independent Commission in March following an audit of all top flight clubs' financial records for the 21-22 uh, season. Uh, the details have not been disclosed, but are believed to relate to a tax issue connected to loans for Everton's new stadium at Bramley Moor Dock. Um, and, and you know, we, we've heard, you know, you know, rumblings from teams that have been relegated, like they kind of had an idea about this potentially happening and were, or were kind of mad that, you know, swifter action wasn't taken because it might have saved them from going down to the championship. Um, of course, Everton is also potentially about to be taken over by an American private investment firm. So that could be on hold, depending on what happens here. Um, and I, I do think a, a, uh, a re- result is supposed to come soon um, by the independent body reviewing all the, all the documents and evidence. Um, but Wes, if Everton do get hit, and I do, we, we can go back, I think, really quickly to the league table for the Premier League right now. And if we go to the league table and we see that right now, Everton are sitting in 16th place at seven points. If they don't get another point and get hit with this deduction, they would be at negative five. And that seems, even with some of the, Teams have not looked good so far in the Premier League. That seems like it could be a bridge too far for them to come back from. Um, I I don't know if it'll happen. We'll have to wait for the the results of the independent commission. It would be weird that Everton, of all clubs, is the club to get hit 
with the boomstick the hardest for financial fair play. I don't, as funny as it would be, I don't fully understand why it's this team that's doing it. Um, but yeah, Wes, this this could, if it goes through, I think, spell the end, at least temporarily, of Everton's time in the in the Premier League. And with that, you know, what happens with their stadium? What happens with their takeover? What happens with the roster construction of this team? It, it's a lot is hinging on this decision coming up here. Um <clears throat> Excuse me there, and I had gotten I was dealing with something over on my end here uh while while you were talking. So uh oh Lord, I'm about to have to pop another cat in this house. <laughs> oh me. Um but yeah, it's yeah. Hold on. No. Damn. Oh damn cat. Oh, and if you you guys want a cat? You'll just uh, let your old pal West know. Okay. I pretty, I'll keep that in mind. I'd mean to go around. Ed, <laughs> Ed, refresh you real quick. What I was about to comment on before Cat Damn Cat decided to do his thing. Uh, the potential. Uh, the the the. So what basically what I was saying is, um, uh-huh. the the ramifications of the potential twelve point deduction right. which would send uh, Everton to minus five currently where they stand in the Premier League, and my my other thought was you know that how that would affect their their new. F- whole facility that they're trying to build the american takeover that could be coming and also the fact that i found it weird that of all teams this could be the one that gets hardest with the boomstick <laughs> over financial fair play well it's like jamie Carragher pointed out um you know yeah it, it's it's a good idea about the premier league to go after uh everton you got to make an example of someone uh city only have 114 more charges against them at this point but let's not worry about that at all right um as for everton the squad this year that is absolutely devastating as they're already on the they're they're already fighting for uh to survive relegation as is a 12 point deduction man you can basically go ahead and just write them in that they're gone I don't yeah. see any way on God's green earth that they survive if they get this 12-point deduction. Um, long-term ramifications, they already have money problems. There is a lot of issues right now at Everton Football Club. And one of the reasons they are fighting relegation so damn hard is because Everton know if they go down, they are in major trouble. Mm-hmm. I mean, this. I mean, I don't think it's. I don't think it's hyperbole to say that this could. I mean, this could spell the next decade of Everton Football Club, mm-hmm. at the least. I mean, it could be the next decade, and it could be a death blow. And I don't think I'm understating it by saying. If they if they go down based on a point deduction for this, that could be a death blow to Everton, at least in the foreseeable future, being any kind of a mm-hmm. uh, of a presence in the top flight. Yeah, and okay. and you know I think I think Liverpool fans. I'll speak from my Liverpool viewpoint here. If Everton go down, I want them to go down because there's shit on the field. Mm-hmm. 
fuck the Premier League doing this. Yeah. Like, That's bullshit. Yeah, again, just when we when we think about all the teams that we've been hearing for for literal years now who have who have seemingly come afoul of financial fair play for you know and again it's not that we have any love for Everton on this podcast uh, but <laughs> the the idea that they are the team that gets made an example of is just is just bonkers to me like yes if they if they did the punishment or if they did the crime you have to punish them but from what we've seen with how feckless financial fair play has been for for this to be the one that we actually see the point deduction for is it, it, I, I agree with you. It doesn't as funny as it would be. It doesn't sit well if you if you try to think about it objectively. Uh, and <clears throat> the thing is, if Everton get this and Manchester City get to keep going on mm-hmm. and playing in Europe and being one of the top clubs in the world, and they get that shit with everything that they've done. Mm-hmm. Man, fuck that. I mean, you're talking about you're talking about a club with a hundred twenty-five plus years history here. Seventy mm-hmm. some straight in the Premier League, I think. Something. I don't think they've gone down since like nineteen fifty some, maybe. They they've got the longest, I think they're the longest active streak without going down. Mm-hmm. Once again, if it happened on the field, I would giggle my ass off about it if it happens this way. I, I mean, I, I think they could effectively kill this club as any kind of a big-time club. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that um, would be an absolute shame. I do wonder, just, just thinking about it now, because, again, you, you mentioned Man City <laughs> um, and then with what they could potentially have gotten away with. In quotes, allegedly. Um, I I do wonder if Everton then turns around and says, like, like, do they go scorched earth and say, well, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. You you said you had over a hundred violations from Manchester City, and literally nothing happened to them. And now we do this, and we're essentially going to get relegated because of it. Like, I I wonder if it's at a certain point. Like a lawsuit isn't isn't on the table for Everton if that does happen, uh, and I and, I, and at that point I don't even know like what what happens at that point. I'm sure they go to like the court of arbitration of sport at that point probably, um, mm-hmm. but I, I do wonder like if Everton do get the point deduction. And as you, I I, I think we both agree. I don't I don't think they're good enough to overcome a twelve point deduction at this point. No. Um, I do wonder how scorched earth they would go um, because yeah, it, it just, it, it would be setting an example of the wrong team in this case. Like I could see, you know, a fine, I could even see like maybe a three point deduction, but a 12 point deduction is just, when, when, and, when, when, and, when, uh, sorry. Oh, well, I was just to say, and the thing is, if, um, if they decided they wanted to go scorched earth, mm-hmm. the first the first group that would be in their corner would be Liverpool. 
And for the simple fact that a you know, Liverpool have been at the forefront of the whole financial fair play. Hey, you're supposed to do things a certain way. Why is nothing being done about it? Um, and and two, once again, man, you know, Everton are our biggest rivals. That's well known, but it's like fighting with your brother. Mm-hmm. You know, Liverpool and Everton, they will go at each other's throats. But man, when you really try to when 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 someone else like jumps your brother, mm-hmm. I mean, you go to war for him. And I believe you would see Liverpool, and I think you'd see other clubs would get in on that. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> because it's especially and I hate to turn I'm not trying to turn this into a city talk by any means but But it's just the the utter hypocrisy Mm -hmm. is just it's it's absolutely bizarre how this how this massive club that just all just happens to be run by a nation state that pumps a shit ton of money into the league how they can get they've gotten away with literally everything Mm-hmm. And then you're going to turn around and try to pull this on somebody else. It, it will not go over well. That's all I can say. It will not go over well one bit. Well, and I think too. I think I think there's there's there there might be enough clubs also at the top, not just Liverpool, like that that maybe don't have a lot of love lost for City. You know, maybe maybe yep. like an Arsenal, maybe like a Tottenham, maybe even like a Manchester United, who, who if right. something did come up, would be like, yeah, you know, guys, this is kind of fucked up. You know, maybe maybe you should go take another look at City while you're at it, then, and uh, and see if you don't want to don't want to start throwing some point deductions there. Um, yeah, it's it's crazy to me. Um, I. I will be very interested to see if if this does go through and if they are found guilty of the, the charges um, and they, they get the deduction. I will be very curious to see Everton's response because I do not see them taking this lying down. Um, I think it could and I think it could get very, very messy if it does. So yeah. we'll see. Um, and hey, maybe that'll be the catalyst for change. Maybe that the maybe maybe Everton has to fall on the sword for actual financial fair play elsewhere to uh to to occur. We'll see. Ugh. Um, I just closed another tab. Um, that I that I was going to do. Uh-oh. I can pull that up uh, real quick here. Our last our last news and notes. This is just a funny little story. Um, uh, from from awfulannouncing.com uh, about uh, hey, you know, we 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 talked a lot about not a lot we've mentioned how uh, you know a lot of american soccer stars have gone over to italy and and how they're they're playing their trade over there a couple weeks ago we talked about christian pulisic and how he's he's like kind of rejuvenating himself over there well fox uh fox soccer's twitter account decided to uh to promote that they were having uh a matchup on the, on their on their airwaves between ac milan and juventus and they were like where are we gonna see all four americans on these two teams starting on sunday it's, it's great and they, they they had a picture that they photoshopped together with all four players you know in there and they had the roman coliseum very very well situated in this picture the the problem is 
neither AC Milan nor Juventus have anything to do with Rome. So, yeah. <laughs> shockingly, yeah. the Roman Colosseum is neither in Turin nor in Milan. Who knew? So, I, I it's yeah. just one of those things, again... That, you know, Fox's soccer coverage. And again, it's, this is just a dumb <laughs> social media post. It doesn't really matter in the grand scheme of things. But it's like, it, I, I get that you're just trying to pander to dumb Americans who don't know anything else about Italy other than, hey, Rome <laughs> is there. But like, I, I saw like that on Gladiator. <laughs> the problem is with this, this wasn't even like the general Fox account. This is the Fox soccer account. And I feel like people who are actually willingly following the Fox soccer account are probably at least a little clued in to, to like the Italian soccer and have an idea of, of where these teams actually are. So just, just a complete own goal to laugh at again, once again, from Fox sports and their soccer coverage, just, Oh man, those those <laughs> rights cannot come up fast enough. Just it's like, it's it's like the European channels when they're like, "Oh, let's take you to New York City. Here's a view of the White House." Wait, what? <laughs> <laughs> I will say. Oh, nothing says America like New York in New York City, like the White House and Mount Rushmore. So, what are you familiar with? the dark souls video game series. I have heard of it. If okay. that helps at all. Okay. It's not, it's not that relevant. So just, just the, <laughs> what I'm getting to here is that the, the developer of that series, and they became very famous because of the dark Souls series uh, from software, but they also had made another game before that called metal wolf chaos, which is about the American president fighting off an insurrection from his vice president and doing it in like these giant transformer uh, Pacific Rim style robots. Like, and that's, and that's the game you are fighting as these giant robots in these like different battles across America. Like one of them literally comes out of the, the Lincoln Memorial. It's, it's great. And it's great because it's like, it's what Japan thinks is American. And it's just like the most cliche, hilarious, like, oh, yes, of course, president. Yes, yes, yes. And just and, and but it's like all English voice actors and it's just super dumb fun. And that's what this reminds me of. But in a stupid way. Like that way, it's like, ah, yes, Japan and what they think of America. Ha ha, that's funny. This, uh, not so much, especially when the account is based in America. So good, good job, Fox. Good job. Um, now Still can't get Fox, by the way. So no World Series for me this year. Jesus Christ. Well, well <coughs> anyway, we can talk about it later. Um, yeah. Uh, this does bring us to where the part where we pimp the Athletic West. Even if you don't have Fox, I'm sure you've been reading stuff in the Athletic. What you got? from the past week or so. Oh, you know it did. Uh, <clears throat> real quick, we'll touch one. We've already touched on it pretty good. Uh, Michael Walker from Sunday. Sir Bobby Charlton, ordinary and extraordinary. He embodied the spirit of football. Um, first two, the first two pictures at the top of the article, uh, Sir Bobby lifting uh, Jules Rebet and also old big years, the European Cup. 
Uh, we we've already we talked a lot about Bobby Charlton. Just go check it out. It's a it's a great great story. <clears throat> um, and this is one that uh, I've, I've been holding on to for a few weeks. Um, the timing now doesn't come up too well for me. Okay, but I enjoyed it all the same. It was a Jason Stark. Bryce Harper, October legend. He keeps oh, no. meeting the moment, rising among the postseason greats. Oh, no. <laughs> I've been holding that one because I am a, I'm a complete Bryce Harper mark. Bryce Harper was having a, a, a magnificent electric uh, playoffs. Mm-hmm. And then in game six and seven, the the Phillies big four hitters, if you include the top three plus uh, Nick Castellanos, Went a uh, combined one for 18 over the last two games. And somehow Philadelphia lost that damn series. Crazy. Yeah. Which it's like, my wife is very happy for that. She's from Pennsylvania, but she's definitely a Pittsburgh person. Uh, <laughs> vehemently pulls against the Phillies. Uh, and of course, we're right here in Braves country. So, you know, they're all pissed at the Phillies for knocking well, yeah. them out. So. Um, so anyway, check that out. It was a good little read about Bryce. I mean, you can still <laughs> glean some good stuff from it. Uh, all right. And this one, <clears throat> it, this is actually what I had for last week. And, uh, of course we're on the international break. Austin Meek. Um, and, and this was now, this was actually released before everything has come out this week. It's called A Rivalry Too Toxic. Michigan, Michigan State oh. Grapple with the Future. Yeah. Jesus. All of these are like, wow, outstanding timing on your stories, Wes. Um, basically, last week was the Michigan, Michigan State game. It had been a year since the incident in the tunnel, the, mm-hmm. the infamous tunnel incident where basically three Michigan State players jumped a Michigan player. God, it's kind of like, the state of Michigan as a big time college football fan this year, it's just like, Oh my God, just, I don't know what the hell to do with myself. I mean, Jim Harbaugh has already been suspended for three games uh, due to, you know, cheeseburger gate. Um, Michigan are arguably the best team in the country and they're just beating the ever loving shit out of everyone they play. Um, and yet, all anyone can talk about right now, I mean, the story around college football right now is this uh, cheating scandal about Michigan potentially uh, sending someone to the games of their future opponents and this guy, like, having a network now set up of videoing signals mm-hmm. so they can call them out. And... <laughs> Well, then it's like, all right, well, hey, they must be doing pretty good at Michigan State. (laughs) Nah. Of course, the firing earlier this year of Mel Tucker, apparently a judgment came down today that uh, this might be good for Michigan State because it looks like they might get out of having to pay that money. Um, But apparently uh, a a judge ruled that um, uh, Hugh uh, Hugh Freeze. Cool. Different different situation there. Uh, Mel Tucker 
apparently violated his uh, his contract with the school uh, for improper sexual conduct. I mean, it is just man. I already wouldn't want to live in the state of Michigan, but especially now you throw all this shit going on this year. Mm. It has been it has been an absolute slog through the state of Michigan. But um, yeah, they're wondering was the rivalry too toxic already, and that's before the shit hit the fan again. So I'm just gonna say yes, it is. Yes. But you know what? It's gonna be here forever. It ain't changing no time soon. Oh yeah. So um, in the in the words of in the words of the legendary Ric Flair, Ed, you don't have to like it. But learn to love it. <laughs> it's kind of where we are, man. Oh man. Um, so those are mine. I have a couple stories here. Uh, first one coming out from today from Brendan Marks. Uh, ACC's Jim Phillips reinforces decision to expand. Suggests basketball tournament may not include all members. Um, so obviously we've talked about Stanford and Cal and SMU joining the Atlantic coast conference. Um, so (laughs) Mr. Phillips here deciding to show a little bit more about how that will work. Maybe from a geography perspective, uh, potentially, you know, sending duos Mm -hmm. into California to play their games. So like (laughs) he mentioned like Duke and North Carolina would go together. So I guess like, one would play Cal, one would play Stanford, and then they would swap. Um, it's, you know, maybe making, uh, you know, the all the games for the road games for Stanford and Cal towards the end of the year uh, to hmm. cut down on trial. It's it's really weird. It, it, I don't think they fully figure out the logistics still for this. Um, but also it was asked about what the ACC basketball tournament would look like with 18 teams. And he says, um, I don't know that we would invite 18 teams to an ACC men's or women's <laughs> basketball championship. And it's just like, that's like, that's the whole point. That's one of the like still beauties of college basketball is you, it doesn't matter if you go. Oh, and 32, you get to the conference tournament. And if you rattle off enough wins to win the thing, you're going to the dance. And now it's like, well, maybe not. Like this is this this already feels like we already knew this felt bad. This is only feeling worse by the second. Um I'm I will be very interested. I saw I saw there was a story, I think it was Clemson, who who got some sort of like rights person to see maybe if they could look into how they can potentially escape the uh the uh grant of rights, I think it's called. Um, that 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 is keeping Florida State yes. and Clemson and uh, sort of North Carolina, uh, <clears throat> all locked in place. Um, just just this is gonna be a shit show, man. This is gonna be an absolute shit show. So yay for yay for you're hundred percent right. Oh man. <laughs> um, this article from Steve Berman and the Athletic staff. Former A's pitcher Trevor May implores owner John Fisher to sell the team in retirement video and man if there's ever been a better retirement video i don't know that exists um i'm just going to quote verbatim what may said here from the article um sell the team dude sell it man let someone who actually takes pride in the thing they own own something there's actually people who give a shit about the game let them do it take mommy and daddy's money somewhere else (laughs) to work and also if you're going to be a greedy fuck own it 
There's nothing weaker than being afraid of cameras. That's one thing I really struggled with this year, not just eviscerating that guy. Do what you're going to do, bro. You're whatever. You're a billionaire. You guys have all this power. You shouldn't have any because you didn't earn any of it. You know, we talked about Everton going scorched earth. Um, (laughs) Mr. May here pulling zero punches. And you know what? I can't say I disagree with him. Um, Just wow. Just amazing, amazing stuff, and all of it earned for, for, for Mr. Fit for Mr. Fisher here. And then last, uh, this story from Chad Jennings and Stephen Nesbitt. Uh, the voices in their heads with Pitchcom, pitchers never sure who they may hear. Um, and it's a really interesting story. Of course, Pitchcom is a little earpiece that pitchers are wearing now, where pitches can be called directly to them um, to kind of speed up the game a little bit. Um, and apparently. There's now some, uh, uh, according to the article, it's now used by all 30 teams and comes standard with tracks recorded by a voiceover artist. Teams are welcome to record their own tracks, and some immediately did upon figuring out how to work the thing. But that option grew increasingly popular after a media report revealed that then-Guardians catcher Austin Hedges had recorded a fuck-yeah track to cue, sometimes two or three times after a nasty pitch. Just amazing, amazing stuff. So go read this. It's great. It's it's one of the more feel good stories about Major League Baseball this year. So go go check that out. It's it is hilarious. Um, Mm. that is gonna do it for the uh, pimp in the athletic. Let's close out the podcast with the watch for Wes. What you watching in the week that was the week that will be, even though we know it's not gonna be the World Series. It's not going to be the World Series because uh, the Bryce Harper show is over for the season. But, Ed, we remembered that we had not watched the new season of What We Do in the Shadows. Ooh. And, Ed, I must say, you, you, you remember, I believe it was it was last season or, or season three, I can't remember which, where it was kind of like, eh, yeah. this is kind of taking like a step back. Off it. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my God! Week five was literally like Bryce Harper through like Game Three of the playoffs this year. <laughs> it was outstanding. It was hitting home runs at a pace that the Phillies would have blushed. Uh, <clears throat> I, I do believe possibly episode five may have been the funniest episode of the entire show. It was just. Absolutely magnificent. Uh, that show hit it out the freaking part. Uh, Matthew Barry, who plays Laszlo, always took it to a took it to another level on this season. He was so damn funny. Um, just a fantastic show. And now I'm not like out on all that. I'm like, oh my god, when's the next season? And trust me, it's a long way away. But. Uh, Oh, you know it, you know it. I think we're going to watch some Shorty next. Uh, that new season's out. Oh, um, and then, yeah, that's what uh, that's what the wife was telling me. That the new, that uh, Ooh, season two Shorty. Yeah, it, it is, uh, it came out, oh, I, I guess the last one actually comes out on the 27th. Hmm. Is that right? I guess they've been doing it as a weekly. Uh oh 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 no 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 okay it hits Hulu on the twenty seventh so okay so there's still um 
Yeah, so he hits on Friday this week. Okay. Yeah. So, so yeah, so you haven't missed it quite yet. Friday, Friday at 3 a.m., everything unlocks. Oh, can't wait to not mess with that at all, but still. <laughs> um, <clears throat> yep. So, uh, other than that, I mean, I'm, 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 I'm watching the foosball, folks, right now. Sam Houston State and UTEP. Why? Only thing on. <laughs> what am I not going to watch? The NBA. So I will watch some bad college football. And it still makes me happy. Happy. Uh, I think if I have anything in the watch for bank. Um, I'm trying to remember if by after the last time we talked, if I had actually gotten completely caught up on Archer. I think I had. Uh, or maybe I hadn't actually. I think I was I was currently binging Archer when last we talked and uh and so now i am completely caught up um yeah i mean that they can they can they can wait actually wait actually now that i think about it i think someone actually said it is over is it let me let me look um or maybe there's one more I thought they were doing uh, one last one. Wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Okay, so this is news coming out of Comic-Con, New York Comic-Con. Uh, Archer well, is returning for a three-part finale titled Archer oh, okay. Colon Into the Cold. The finale will air on FX and FXX on December 17th. Uh, despite the recent <laughs> announcement of Archer's series finale, it seems the show's not ready to say goodbye just yet. Um, it was announced in May, I missed this, that Archer season 14 would be the last. Um, then, yeah. So, are you caught up on Archer fully? I don't think I am. I, f- I don't think I've watched this this last season. Okay. Uh, I will. I will say <clears throat> I'm kind of. Even though I'm glad, like they're 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 wrapping this up. I I am I'm glad that they are doing something because mm-hmm. uh, yeah, that's. Mm. It kind of ended on a bit of a cliffhanger, little a little oh. bit of a cliffhanger. Not not quite the Archer dead in the pool, uh, <laughs> cl- cliffhanger. Not that good. Not not quite that that dramatic, but still a. This is a really weird place to end the series, especially if you knew it was coming. Um, so yeah, I guess I guess I guess we'll have to wait and see. So hmm interesting did did not know that there there you go archer into the cold um, that is kind of insane like i'm i know like animation has changed but i mean i guess they've been working on this for a while because it it would seem kind of shocking to me to be able to in less than two months turn around like an entire three-part special like it's an hour of animation so i don't know maybe they're really good at it at this point who knows but there you go. That's my watch for. So I'm glad the series is ending. And I am also glad that there is something more to wrap up the yeah. end. Because, yeah, season 14, uh, <clears throat> not my favorite. Still got some good gags. Still got some good character moments. Don't like the new agent uh, person still. Um, but, yeah, I, 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 we needed a little more closure maybe than what we got. So there you go. That's 
that'll be coming. <laughs> News to both of us. Hooray. Um, yes. With that, with that new piece of news, uh, this will wrap up episode 479 of the Affordable Fair podcast. Uh, thank you so much for listening this week. Um, we'll be back next week uh, with more talk of the Premier League as uh, we head into match week 10 and see what new stories await us. And maybe by then we'll have an answer on Everton. Maybe, maybe it'll come out Thursday morning because hashtag <laughs> Thursdays. Um, uh, we also, of course, like to thank our podcast providers, including uh podcasters for spotify citrus breaker iHeartRadio, radio the tune in radio app google podcasts and apple podcasts also you can follow us online as a collective on twitter we are at afa pod wes you are i'm at west bradshaw 21 and i am at edward green um, <clears throat> so that is going to do it for us this week but before we say goodbye wes anything else you want to mention ed this is the final week <gasps> Of another high school football season oh already. God. I mean, you think about we're at the end of October. That's yeah, true. It's time for the uh, the the. I believe they're the quad county, three A championship game. I'm sorry, uh, we'll be covering Friday night. I think they're called the quad county three quad county three A okay. conference. All right. Horrible conference name. But uh, it is uh, it is undefeated in conference fight, or I'm sorry, unde- undefeated in conference hunt versus one loss in conference fight. Mm. Um, they are playing it out for a championship. This past week we had a uh, weather delayed game. Uh, Southern Nash knocking Northern Nash out of the ranks of the unbeaten. <sighs> West Bradshaw completely fair and impartial. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. As always. Uh-huh. I call it right down the middle. Uh-huh. You know it. Uh-huh. But um, it, it's 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 actually been a fun season. We had some stinkers early, but then we started getting some good games. We've had mostly good games. Uh, my rotating cast of uh, killer commentators has done a very good job for me this year. has been very helpful, as in just not making me just randomly run my mouth for four hours. Amazing. Um, yeah, you'd be like, but Wes, you love to hear yourself talk. Well, I do, but not for that long. Yeah, that's a bit much. Yeah, that, that that's always been a bit much when I've had to do it. So, uh, yeah, so that's what's coming up, man. The the end of the season, and then uh, just so so many things going on. Just every week, it seems like something going on. We're definitely getting to that busy time of the year. Um, and folks, I mean, we're all counting down to the same thing, and that's Boxing Day. Amazing. So we all want to see that Boxing Day football schedule. There you go. Oh yeah. Um, I'm just looking here uh, on Max Preps at the uh, the Class One A football standings, <coughs> um, uh-huh. and I'm just like, man. So so how many rounds do they have to get through to get to Mount Airy versus Tarboro? Just, just thirty six rounds, I think. I don't know. <laughs> But it's just hilarious because I'm looking. It's like Tarboro, yeah, 186 points for in eight in eight games, 18 points allowed. Yeah, that sounds about right. Mount Airy, 293 points for, 15 points allowed, and that's when I'm like, are you somehow playing even worse competition than Tarboro? Like, what is going on here? There's. Yeah, yeah, I guess. 
It's bizarre, man. It's bizarre. Uh, Mount Airy Tarboro is just like this is the modern day one A rivalry. Um, and it's crazy the way the set the playoffs are set up now. I think both of them will have like a first round bye, which for Tarboro means they've got like a three round bye. <laughs> before anything really matters for them again. And yeah, man, another year, another strong uh, Jeff Craddock team. And I'm going to tell you what about Tarboro last thing. I'll tell you what's really scary about them. We did them earlier this year. We did a couple of games. They had uh, six. There's this, these six guys who carried the ball the most over those two games. Mm -hmm. Like none of them are above their junior year. And most of them are sophomores. It's a factory, man. It is. It is a. It is a one A. Just, I don't know, man. They they've got it figured out. He's got two. He's got good lines on both sides. And those kids, man, they they dream of growing up and running that system and having their chance to do it. And Lord bless them. I mean, they're a hell of a program. And as, as we all, as everyone knows, we're huge fans of our Lord and Savior, JC. Of course. So, um, Praise he's, he's, our, he's, he's our favorite. Has oh, been for yeah. a long time. So. Oh, man. Yep. What so, a future, uh, man. Oh, we'll see what happens. Oh, it's about time for him to start growing up that beard. Mm, yes, the playoff beard. I've missed that. Oh. Cannot wait. I think Tarbara, I think they might actually be off this week. Hmm. <laughs> Even though it's the last week of the season. So they're going to be off, then get a bye. And then... I think so. Holy shit. Yeah, Tarbara, Tarbara just doesn't have to come back and play till like Thanksgiving. They just need to give them a bye to Thanksgiving pretty much. <laughs> Again, just like I said, let's just go ahead and schedule Mount Airy versus Tarboro. Like The other teams can all <laughs> play what they want. That's great. Y'all get to play for third. Let's just go ahead yeah. and get these two teams together. Maybe, yeah, pretty much. Play. You know what? Let the rest of everybody play, and we'll have Mount Airy Tarboro play like a best of five for the playoffs. I mean, in the 1A ranks, you might as well do that because that's the only way you can get some competitive. So. <laughs> well, with yeah. that. Uh, for my calling grind, West Bradshaw, I'm Edward Green. Thank you so much for joining us here this week again. And as always, stay safe and enjoy the football. And uh, for all you Everton fans at home, just uh, just watch where you step because it's a long drop. Yeah. Very long drop. Very. And fuck you, United. <laughs>